Welcome to the Recycle Podcast, where we discuss everyday issues from a mental health perspective. We are your hosts, Dr. LaFanya Jones, Dr. Rashonda Strickland, and Dr. Nichelle Wall. Now don't get it twisted. We're not going to be your stereotypical therapists. What we will be is down to earth, informative, a little spicy, and vulnerable. All right, interns, turn up the volume, grab your pen and paper. It's supervision time. As a reminder, this podcast is not meant to take the place of a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to session seven, Lines in the Sand. Okay, interns. Today, we're going to talk about boundaries. Today, what we're going to do is try to give you all some understanding of what boundaries are and some we may give you some of what they are not. So boundaries are they define us, you know, would y'all agree with that? They define us. I think they define parameters of what is and is not acceptable for a person. Mm -hmm. Um, And they kind of give a person a guideline on how to operate. I agree with that. I definitely think your boundary becomes the edge where you love yourself and before you allow somebody else to hurt you. Mm, That's a good point. And I, I will add to that by saying that they define what is me and what is not me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Can you expand on what you mean by that? Oh, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> when I say they define what is me, I'm making it clear that this is what I like. And what is not me is I don't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotcha. So what's acceptable? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm using my voice to tell you what is, what I am going to accept and what I'm not going to accept. Okay. I think one of the things that I tell my clients a lot is imagine yourself in the center of several circles. And so you, as you go further out, the circles obviously get bigger, but you're in the center of all of them. And so the circle that is around you first, that's a circle that only you and whatever your higher power can be in. No one else can ever enter that circle. Mm -hmm. And then from there you have your inner circle of people, your support system, and then you keep going out from there. Mm -hmm. But when you meet someone new, they have to start in the outer circle. So you can see them come and you get the opportunity to observe them, figure out what their character is. That that does that mesh well with me? Do I mesh well with them? And as you observe them longer and longer, they can get closer and closer, but nobody should ever be in that inner circle with you. I like that I illustration. Yes, I do too. And because they're closer and closer, there should always be a distinction of where I end and where you begin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't be believing over here. I believe <laughs> over here. Please don't. I yeah. don't like it. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. I usually talk with my clients about being, you are your own gatekeeper. So, you know, I'm a visual person like that when Mm -hmm. I'm explaining stuff to my clients. So I kind of give it to them like, you know, it's almost like when you're going to the stadium, 
Mm -hmm. know, there is a gatekeeper that allows certain people in. Mm -hmm. They check the bags and make sure all the stuff in there is appropriate. Mm -hmm. And then some like, uh, -uh, nope, you Mm -hmm. can't come in here. You can't bring that in here. You know, that's dangerous. So you are essentially the gatekeeper to yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. I do too. And don't mistake boundaries with walls there is a huge difference because the boundaries are not walls. they aren't like boundaries are firm Mm -hmm. of course but you can see through them you know what's coming you know what's going walls whatever is on the other side of the wall good bad indifferent stays over there and whatever is trapped over in with with you stays with you Mm -hmm. and so typically people who build walls are people who still need to be healed Mm. yes and a part of the healing and things like that is boundaries help you to take responsibility for you mm-hmm. and what's yours and yeah. what's not yours. Mm-hmm. How you're showing up. Yes. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a sense of freedom when you can take yes. that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would piggyback on that and say something that Dr. Jones and I, we have a, a couple in common and the person that I work with, he confuses boundaries with control. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that would be my piggyback to you that <laughs> boundaries are not, they're not control either. Nope. You know, the person, if used correctly, let me say that because yeah. boundaries can be you, they can be used as a form of punishment or a form of control of another person. Manipulation. Manipula- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> See great minds think alike. Yes. Uh, but if they're used in an appropriate way, that's not what's going to happen. The mm-hmm. other person is not going to feel like you're controlling them mm-hmm. or that you're gaslighting them yeah. or, you know, just trying to oh, I almost cussed again. My, my, my mama, <laughs> my mama said something about that last week. <laughs> my mama said. Uh, Don't get whooping. I know. <laughs> I will say mind freaked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. I um, like it you know, by the other person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know what the thing is, the person that, um, like you said, your person feels like they're trying to control, but then my person feels like they're being mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that goes back. If we're talking about y'all's, uh, couple that goes back to somebody in that couple still does not have their boundaries in the correct place. Yes, ma'am. You know, because, you're not necessarily supposed to feel comfortable with somebody else's boundaries because they're theirs. You have to ask yourself, can I deal with where their boundary lies? And if you can't, maybe that's not the person for you. Well, and I always tell my people, the boundary that the person gets mad at the most Hmm. is the one that you need to keep. Yeah. And people get upset because it makes them uncomfortable. Oh yeah. People get upset because now I'm being held accountable for something that I'm doing to you. Mm-hmm. And my thing is always, uh, cause boundaries is something we talk about in therapy every day, all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> sun up to sundown. Mm-hmm. Um, the boundaries are for you. Your job is to express them and uphold them. You don't have to convince anybody that they're important. You don't have to convince anybody that they're necessary. You just need to make sure you uphold them. Everybody else will kind of fall by the wayside. Whoever is going to, be in your life is going to be in your life and this is not just romantic relationships this is all relationships and one thing that when I'm talking with specifically uh, about boundaries with clients is that one thing I tell them is that setting the boundary is the easy part 
Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to think that telling a person that I don't appreciate the way you talk to me <laughs> or telling someone that you can't treat me this way, that that's the hard part. The hard piece is when you say, okay, I don't like this and I would prefer this uh, alternate behavior. Mm-hmm. And then that person starts to test you. Yeah. And are you going to do the thing that you said you were going to do? So if you put the hard line in the sand and say, well, if you do this, then I'm leaving. Or if you do this, then I quit. Okay. Well, when that person comes to test you, yeah, are you going to do that thing? Because if you don't, you're going to lose credibility. And it's really difficult for adults when it's a spousal type of situation. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, well, he's a grown person or she's a grown person. How can I follow through with it? Well, the, and that's why when I tell them, don't start off with boundaries you can't follow through with. Yeah. If, and again, I'll just use one of my populations. If you know that you can't leave your spouse because they, if they drink or use substances, if you know you're not at that point to divorce them or leave them, then don't use that as the boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when you're in therapy, we're not judging you. We're, we're exactly. going off of your goals and our job is to make sure you reach them in a healthy fashion. So it's a judgment free zone, but don't tell me what your goal is. And then you want me to hold you accountable and you get upset when I have to hold you accountable to that. Cause the, the, the most basic boundary a people can, a people, a person can use is no, is the word. No. It's a no is a complete sentence. <laughs> Stop taking my sentences. We 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 synced. We I all know. synced. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I do agree with you, Dr. Wall. Yeah. I think it's also important to realize um the boundaries are gonna challenge you. Oh God. Because let's just be honest, most people who don't have good boundaries tend to be people pleasers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm speaking from experience because I'm a people pleaser um, or control freaks or control freaks. That would and be the other end of the spectrum. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you have to figure out what's going to work for you and what's not like that. I mean, that's just what it boils down to. You can't show up in the world and expect to have a genuine relationship with anybody. If you don't know you. Mm-hmm. Yes. You have, we teach our clients all the time that, you teach people how to treat you. And when you can have those boundaries, you are letting people know that you have an opinion and that, and that opinion may be different from theirs and that's okay, but you still respect one another enough to still be able to, you know, coexist with each other, have Mm -hmm. a relationship with each other, be friends with each other, you know, whatever that relationship is. I think that's something hard for people to understand though that I taught this person that this negative behavior was okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, that's a lot to wrap your mind around. Yeah. It is because when, when the reality sets in and you realize that you've been with a person for, I'll just say five years and I've taught you that you can overstep my boundaries at mm-hmm. any time that you want to. And now I've got to go back and change that that's one it's a hard pill to swallow because you like you said you allow that to happen Mm -hmm. and then now there's going to be even more friction because I'm changing it yeah well I think that's because we like to externalize Mm -hmm. you know we like to put the responsibility 
you know, you know how we call it locus of responsibility as mm-hmm. an external. So this other person is res- more responsible for the treatment that I've received mm-hmm. than I am responsible for the treatment that I've received. Now we all know that you can't control someone else's behavior or control how they, you know, how they act, but you can control your own response and your own perception of whatever this event was. Mm-hmm. And knowing that I always had the control Yeah. Mm -hmm. You control what you allow to take place in your life. Mm -hmm. There are very, once you will say, once you become an adult, there are very few situations where you have no choice Mm -hmm. as a kid. It's a little bit different because most homes are not set up to give children voices. Let's, let's just be honest. It's not Mm -hmm. Um, consent and things like that are not taught until something bad happens. So as an adult though, that's on me. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in a bad situation, if I'm in a toxic situation, it's because I have not done what I needed to do for myself. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, you have to know your truth. You know, expressing your truth and accepting it allows you to be able to live a scattered, free life. You know, you you can live outside of other people's boundaries but within your own boundaries mm-hmm. I like that it's a good way to put it <laughs> <laughs> it is because I mean all of these different things is going to help everybody conceptualize it in a different way because it's not one right way to look at it right. you know so that's good that we're giving all these different examples mm-hmm. um, something that I definitely wanted to bring up is the different types of boundaries oh, yeah. because I don't think people realize like, it's not just like, Oh, mm-hmm. one boundary. Yeah. Um, so some of the boundaries that we typically deal with in session, it could be couples, individuals, whatever, um, physical boundaries, mm-hmm. intellectual boundaries, emotional boundaries, sexual boundaries, material boundaries, time boundaries. And I also normally tell people to look at energy Oh, like, I'm a big, huge yes. person about energy. <laughs> like how much you're outputting to the mm-hmm. things that you're connected to. That's mm-hmm. extremely important one because we don't realize that we give a lot of ourselves and sometimes we're on E. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Well, you want to go down the list? We definitely can. Okay. Um, so the first one that I mentioned was physical boundaries, and that's going to refer to your personal space and phys- physical touch. I think this one is hard for people <laughs> whose love language is um, physical touch. Physical touch. Yeah. What y- why y'all got to talk about me like that? <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're with somebody who's more like a acts of service person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, I guess we probably should just explain what that is for individuals yeah. that don't know what the five love languages oh, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, we're just throwing the term out there. It's like, what are y'all talking about? Uh, so... Gary Chapman. Thank you. I was about to say (laughs) Gottman and I was like, nope, that's not right. (laughs) Uh, He has a concept called the five love languages and they are words of affirmation. So this would be things like, I love you. Thank you. I appreciate you. You mean the world to me. Um, you know, anything that builds up the person using words. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the next ones is gift giving Mm -hmm. and receiving. So of course this is buying flowers or taking someone on a trip, you know, doing things for somebody, presenting them with some present. 
You have physical touch, which is uh, hugs, kisses, holding affection. hands, holding <laughs> holding hands, affection, affection, uh, putting your feet on people, you know, right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, acts of service. So this is doing something for somebody. Um, washing the dishes for your wife, or putting gas in the car. Yeah, making washing lunch, the car. <laughs> washing the car, going to put gas in it, things like that. And then quality time. So mm-hmm. this is, it's almost like a combination of a couple of them, but this is more, I just want to be in your presence. I love doing things yeah. together. This may be like going on a bike ride or a hike or just sitting on the couch watching Netflix. I just want to be in your presence. So just your quick psych one-on-one lesson on the five love languages. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about physical touch. Yeah. No, Phys- no physical, physical boundaries. boundaries. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so, oh, that's what I was saying. That I think this one would be uh, difficult for somebody that is a physical touch, love language person. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they're with somebody that is not, then, it, you know, they may be violating that other person's like, ooh, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of draw up and like, oh, please stop. You're doing too much <laughs> or you're being clingy. <laughs> Well, you know, because I've had some clients that that yeah. speak like they really have a recoil. It's like cringe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. they feel overwhelmed or like they're being um, smothered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've dated somebody like that. I'm not I'm going to be honest. Well, my love languages are kind of they're a triple tie. So they're actually quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to be like built up in words of affirmation. I just like don't talk to me crazy. Type of thing. I don't like that Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) sort of thing. But he was very like acts of service and gift giving. I have a one and a zero in those. Mm -hmm. So that was a struggle for me. And it was a struggle for him. I honestly think he probably had a little Asperger's. So that made sense why he was like that. Mm -hmm. And so we struggled for a, a major part of our relationship because we were so polar opposite, but also because he would never tell me what his physical boundaries were. Mm. Y'all know I'm the queen gotcha. of wanting to give y'all hugs and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, Rashawn, Dr. Strickland, excuse me, did not want <laughs> hugs at first, but she got to get them now. You know, she, it doesn't matter, but that's I'm just accepting. is one way that I show love. And so I think when you have those differences, you have to effectively communicate yeah. because sometimes people's boundaries are not because they're just like, oh, my God, I don't want to do that. It's because maybe there's a trauma there. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you have that conversation with them and you all understand each other's love language, you can begin to it may not be something that you just love to, you know, yeah. to do, but you will accept it mm-hmm. because that's that person's because you exactly. do have a giving and a receiving love language. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's about finding that middle ground. Yes. You know, it can take some time, you know, like you were saying, uh, Dr. Wall, that you, if, over time, the more you communicate and the more you learn about one another, you can find that happy middle where, mm-hmm. okay, well, you can't hug me for 45 minutes straight, <laughs> but, but I hold a your cool, hand. A cool minute, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, another example, because I was talking about this the other day, is when you're in line at the grocery store. Now, most of us, we're not in line no more because it's COVID. But and somebody be right up behind you. And I'm like, Mm-mm. do you not see my body right here? I put my basket behind me <laughs> so people <laughs> can I'm, I'm the queen of asking, me. can you see me? Am I dead? 
<laughs> I will ask the question real quick because you're too close. Give me 50 feet. <laughs> yes. I know. That's we talk about energy. That's, yes. You know, I can, it's mm-hmm. like you can yes. feel it radiating behind you. Like, mm-hmm. please back up. I'm like, why are you so close to my person? Mm-hmm. So that that's a definite general physical boundary right there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The next one is intellectual boundaries. And that refers to your thoughts and your ideas. It's, you want to make sure that you're respectful of how other people think about things. You don't have to agree you, at all, That's true. but there's no reason that you have to put them down in order for yourself to be built up. This is like the complete polar opposite of social media. Mm. Say that. Good point. You know, it's like social media is almost, I mean, it was built for coming together but it has morphed into this while my idea is better than your idea and my Mm -hmm. beliefs are or more important than your beliefs and no one wants to hear anyone with any kind of opposing opinion Mm -hmm. it's a very it's a very american way to look at life there's (laughs) not one way to do things Mm -hmm. like the old saying there's more than one way to skin a cat Yep. Mm-hmm. It's more than one way to think. It's more than one way to show up in the world, be, live, do. And we are in a society where it's like, no, it must be this way. Who made that rule? Well, the thing is, I, I feel like if we all collectively took the thoughts and the the opinion, well, not opinions, mm-mm, no, <laughs> the thoughts <laughs> of everybody, we would learn a lot of things mm-hmm. and we yeah. would be able to expand how we see things, how we look at things, mm-hmm. how we communicate things. Like mm-hmm. we, if we would learn how to be respectful of how Dr. Strickland will explain something yeah. or how Dr. Wall will explain something and how Dr. Jones, and we come up with, we have all of these different ideas and we can come up with one big old, just genius. You become more well rounded. <laughs> yes. Yeah instead of one dimensional. I think that is something that we suffer from a lot. We're not very dimensional. Mm -hmm. Like everybody always talks about, you know, being woke and all that kind of stuff. And I think most people are not, most people are sleepwalking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sheeple. Yeah. (laughs) That. And so this is one of those areas where if you find yourself being in such opposition of what somebody else says because it affects your core beliefs and things like that, then maybe you need to check yourself because what they think and believe has nothing to do with you. That is true. What Mm -hmm. other people think about you is none of your business. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I say that in a week. You, you don't live in other people's heads. Mm -hmm. No. And be glad that you don't. Oh Lord, please. Because you'll be frightened. (laughs) (laughs) Appalled. And probably ashamed Mm. if you lived in someone else's head and you knew all of the things that they thought about Mm -hmm. you and what they thought about the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a blessing that, you know, that what women want and what men want is not a real concept. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's not a a superpower that I I would personally want to be able to read people's minds Mm -mm. and thought. Mm -mm. Keep that to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -mm. 
Yeah, we got to get and off we're that therapists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's all we do is jump in people's minds all day. But I don't want to know what's really, really right floating around in there. And, get, get and everybody be in the hospital somewhere. Yes. <laughs> yes. They yeah. Will, you would definitely be like, yeah, Dr. Jones don't need to be no therapist. <laughs> none of us would <laughs> oh goodness the next one is emotional boundaries and that refers to a person's feelings which mm. people get stepped on all the time in this area mm-hmm. and I think it's because a lot of us do not take the time to heal mm-hmm. one of the things that I, I tell like when I see couples is that if you're going to terminate a relationship and then take the person back before there has been any change. You should have just stayed in the relationship because mm-hmm. no, you're about you. You're, you still haven't allowed your heart one to heal and feel safe. And they still haven't made any changes. So they're going to, you healed and they still, they're going to do the damage again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Another way that emotional boundaries shows up is, how you share your personal information to people. Yes. yes. Do you share everything <laughs> or do you have a boundary there? I have a client right now who we are really trying to get this area of her life together because she has an enmeshed relationship with her mother. Mm-hmm. And it is wreaking havoc in all other areas of her relationship because she just word vomits to her mother every single day and her mother knows so much that she can just reach out to anybody Mm. in her life that she's never met before oh wow so i'm like no that's not appropriate Mm -hmm. i was like you shouldn't be feeling the way you feel if your mother was to reach out to somebody who you love that's telling you that's a betrayal. That means your boundary has been crossed. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's another way that people tend to show up and cross your emotional boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say another pe- way people cross your emotional boundaries is trying to tell you how you feel. Oh, you better say that. again. I can't stand that. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Like, well, you're angry. No, I'm not. I'm not angry. But I'm about to be right. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to see me when I'm angry, <laughs> you know, but and people do that a lot. They assume based off they either want project what they're actually feeling yep. onto you mm-hmm. or they have they don't have a good gauge on what actual emotion is being felt. Because a lot of times we don't have emotional words. We don't grow up learning the difference between rage and upset or annoyed. We or just say or, or hurt for, or anger. Right. We just say anger. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I'm mad. And it's like, well, okay, but what's underneath all of that? There's something else that's there that yeah. went unresolved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Oh, most definitely. The one thing I can't stand is when someone tries to tell me that I'm not feeling the way that I'm feeling. And so then I say, no, I am feeling that way. But you I'm can't a, be. But you, girl <laughs> yes but you can't how can i not be how are you gonna tell me how i'm feeling mm-hmm. yeah again we don't live in other people's heads exactly no not at all i think the opposite end of that for people who struggle with emotional boundaries is that they're very shut off mm. and they seem very cold they don't let anything out at all um in therapy wise and personal life, I tend to see that in a lot of black men mm-hmm. because it's not okay to have feelings. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And so that's telling me that your emotional boundaries are not in the correct place because you would know that having emotional intelligence is kind of important to life. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the one thing that I um in my when we were actually having sessions in, in office face to face. The my second session with my clients was for me to give them a filling sheet. I already know people's emotional vocabulary is very limited. It is happy, sad angry scared that's about as and much anxious and anxious because mm-hmm. that's, that's recent kind of the, yeah i was like that's kind of the yeah. word of the day now yeah. mm-hmm. you know that's really about it mm-hmm. and so i i tell them look i i as we're working on what's going on with you i need to be able to have or under, understand what other emotions feel <laughs> like for you and look like on you and yeah. i need you to know that And one thing that I also do, especially when I'm working with my male clients, is working with them on the difference between feeling and thought. Mm, Because in in American, uh, I can only speak for American, you know, dialect, we tend to say, I feel like, and then we insert some action or thought. thought. (laughs) So I feel like you trying to say something funny to me. Well, that's not a feeling. That's a thought. That's a thought. You believe that. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I believe. Yeah. So I, we, we try to talk about, okay, so when you say I feel, a feeling word needs to come behind that. Mm-hmm. So I feel disappointed or I feel rejected or I feel elated or mm-hmm. I feel content, content, peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's hundreds of emotions, y'all. Yes. Hundreds. And you can Google them. Get Google feelings words. Yeah. yeah. I also try to teach them the difference between the low, medium and high versions of all of those words. Mm-hmm. Yes. Me because, too. you know, like a little earlier, I was saying the difference between rage and annoyed, you know, there, that is co- two completely different ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. the same umbrella, yeah, but they are not the same feeling. They don't come with the same level of intensity, the same mm-hmm. physical sensations at all. And it's, that's something that I have too. I have a, um, we'll just call it a color wheel, but it's an emotion wheel and it has different colors on it and different emotions are in each category and you see how they link up together. And if they, if these two link up, then it means that you'll probably have this emotion. So it's kind of a flow chart almost for you to be able to figure it out because you'd be surprised how many people come to therapy and they have no connection to their emotions. And they're like, I don't know what I feel. And then you, we have to go physically. Mm-hmm. So physically, what is, what is your body doing? And that, you, that's what I ahead. was going to say. I, I, including with uh, the levels, I also try to get them to get in contact with the yeah. physical symptoms or physical feeling mm, symptoms. You said it right. That mm-hmm. they're having. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm. it all goes together yeah mind body and soul yeah stop trying to separate it because that's weird (laughs) (laughs) weird flex but okay yeah (laughs) oh speaking of weird flexes um the next one is sexual boundaries that was a good segue yes (laughs) you know you know do that um refer and that refers to your emotional intellectual and physical aspects of sexuality and this is a huge one because people don't really realize what sexual boundaries look like until they get a lot older and then they realize how few sexual boundaries they had from childhood on up. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and I, I can go back because my mom is a survivor of trauma. And so I remember being really small and we being in our dining room and my mom would teach me how to sit down in these little white and brown chairs I used to have. <laughs> say, mm-hmm. Okay, cross your legs like this. Tuck your feet like this. Because my mom was really big on she didn't want what happened to her to ever happen to me. So I was very much aware of my sexuality at a young age and in a healthy way, not in a, a unhealthy way. Like I wasn't fearful or anything like that. But my mom was very in tune with how she didn't feel that way when she was a kid. So it showed up as me being very body positive. And I guess that's probably why I ended up becoming a sex therapist. Mm, that's a good point. That is a good point. But I agree with you. I don't think we, well, one, sex is, for us to claim to be such a sexually open nation, we're such a prudish country. Mm-hmm. So we don't learn a lot of things about sexual health and how mm-hmm. to understand like when you're being coerced yes. or when you are being, you know, forced, yeah. you know, we have these really weird and archaic views of men, women, and sexuality in mm-hmm. whatever form that's going to take. Yeah. Like a, a prime example of that is if you're, say you're having a makeout session. Okay, I like to make out. So you're having a make out <laughs> session and things are getting a little hot and heavy and you're like, no, nah, that's not what I really want to do tonight. It was just supposed to be Netflix and make out, not Netflix and go all the way. And you're like, no, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. And then the guy is like, you know, you want to. That's coercion. Mm-hmm. How about I said what I said and I meant what I meant? Yeah. <laughs> and we have a lot of clients that experience that and they mm-hmm. will go ahead and go. Go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. And that's actually how a lot of date um, sexual assault occurs Mm -hmm. because they're like, well, you know, I didn't feel like I could say no. Yeah. I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like I could say no, even though when you're looking at it from the outside, were they in a specific harm's way? No, physically they were not technically in harm's way, but they were in emotional harm's way. And so whatever, uh, relationship they had with that person they didn't want to mess that up they put that person's feelings and beliefs ahead of theirs mm-hmm. and Again. that's how your boundaries were crossed mm-hmm. you went right <laughs> in my head and took that thought and Loved just walked it. right in there <laughs> yeah it, it's unwanted anytime there's an unwanted sexual touch pressure to engage in sexual acts any leering or sexual comments Mm-hmm. like it's like you dude or a girl because i've seen both sides do you not have control over yourself right and <laughs> and so if if you've been in that type of situation don't think that just because that happened to you you're the only one with poor boundaries the other person mm-hmm. also yeah. has poor boundaries yeah they're on opposite ends of the spectrum but they're both bad boundaries mm-hmm. yeah you have a a more over end and a covert end mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Wow. Well, we don't get off of that one. (laughs) Yeah. That one can get deep. Yeah. And we all be over here hot. So let me not (laughs) go down there too far. The next one is material boundaries. And this is going to refer to like money and possessions. Like the the thing that always pops up in my head is if you grew up with a bunch of siblings or cousins and they always taking your stuff and in your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's a humorous one that pops up. Uh, Because I know 
we had like summers where all the cousins would come all the everybody was there and you could never find the stuff that was yours it'll be mixed up it's in a bag your stuff over here so that's like a humorous way to look at um the material boundaries that makes me think about college (laughs) that was the first thing that popped (laughs) in my head too my college roommate used to wear my clothes yeah no 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 yeah and she would wear my coat so I was dating somebody at the time that lived in Austin Mm -hmm. and I went to school in Nacogdoches which is about four hours from Austin so she would wear my clothes when I would go visit him on the weekend and I remember one time I came back to the dorm and there was a shirt of mine that was hanging over (laughs) the um because our beds were stacked Mm -hmm. so one of my shirts was hanging over the side of the bed and I was like I don't remember wearing that shirt before <laughs> I left and it was soaking wet. So I was like, okay, of course that means I definitely didn't wear it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this blah, 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 blah. has been wearing my clothes. <laughs> we would have been in there fighting girl. I had to start locking my closet after that. Oh, wow. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but right. it shouldn't have to get to that level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and the thing is I have brothers so when you have brothers, you just, especially when it comes to food. Now, granted, of course, the other stuff like clothes and stuff like that, I didn't have to worry about, <laughs> but food, you know, boys eat. Yeah. I mean, I, even when I go home to this day, like we'll go to this restaurant called, um, Arigato's. We, well, my cousin, them call it table, but it's Arigato's. It's a uh, Japanese. Mm, okay. And so the first day I remember I went or first time I, I went and I, you know, I had leftovers and I knew my brother was going to eat, eat it. So I just, I was like, I was preparing myself. I did not get my taste buds ready to have it the next day. <laughs> and he did. He ate it. So, oh, no. so the next time, you know, anytime we go, I just make sure I get extra. And I say, hey, bro, it's some food in there That's for yours. you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't touch mine. I have 473 pieces <laughs> of rice in there. <laughs> And five shrimp and and six pieces of steak. (laughs) You know, my brother will do that. So when I drink a, like if I have a soda, like I'll drink like half of it Mm -hmm. and then put the other half in the fridge and it burns him up because it may be a week before I come back to that other half of my soda. do that at the office. (laughs) But it's yours. (laughs) Right. Don't touch my stuff. Why won't you drink that soda already? (laughs) And then one time he drank it and I was, I went like you, I went back for it and I was like, he done drank the other half of my Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> she, she got a little bit of a soda addiction, in case y'all didn't know that. But I have water beside me right now. <laughs> but y'all, y'all remember in the office we we had a food bandit, we and did. all of us was in here like touch my food again. I yes, touch that. my food again. And for y'all that don't know, we at this time we was doing like these huge potlucks and bringing food like I said we a big old family and everybody in our office at the time for the most part cooks and I mean Mm -hmm. cooks cooks Mm -hmm. like we have the Asian side we have the Caribbean side we got the traditional like soul food Mm -hmm. Creole like all that so we we was in here eating Mm -hmm. getting fat and stuff Mm -hmm. and (laughs) like we would portion our stuff our stuff out so it's like now we got to start putting our names on stuff. That's what we got to do. Mm-hmm. Why my whole bottle gone? Yeah. Right. How you going <laughs> to eat my stuff and it's open? So we ended up having to buy another refrigerator. Isn't, is that why we bought another refrigerator? Because one of yes. them we keep. Because uh-huh. it was the drinks first. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's right. Oh, man. Memories. Jeez. 
I forgot about that. I did. Four <laughs> years of memory. See, and look, we ended up having to set these uh, boundaries about material things by getting another fridge and pla- putting placards all over it. That don't touch what ain't yours. Yep. If it's in the black refrigerator, you can. It's everybody's. If it's in the white one, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it it's hilarious now. Even though we don't really have that problem no more, but you see all this Dr. Wall, Dr. Strickland, mm-hmm. or you see Dr. W, Dr. S, Dr. J, and <laughs> all throughout the refrigerator. But we'd be like, I brought this gone and eat it. You want some? Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna eat it. Like it's it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I wanted to add with the material boundaries. The flip side of that is also when people pressure you to give them your stuff. Hmm. Mm. Because that's something that I think is kind of left off, but is it goes along with what we were saying with the sexual boundaries—that coercion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. I didn't even think. Honestly, I didn't even think about the other side of the the mm-hmm. pressure you into giving you, the, giving uh-huh. them your stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, for people that don't know, I work with a lot of people with developmental disabilities, so intellectual disability um, and autism spectrum things like that and other various um, genetic uh, chromosomal disorders. And that puts me in the mind of a lot of people that I hear when they go to Dayhab that they have been pressured to give their money to another mm. uh, individual or they've been, yeah. they feel like they're being pressured by staff, Yeah, mm. you know, to sign documents that are not appropriate. They're being pressured to move somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, that they are, because they don't have as great of an understanding of subtlety and as great of an understanding of, you know, contracts and all the abstract kind of concepts that they feel taken advantage of sometimes by the people around them. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of my client's daughter. um, Yeah. mm -hmm, Who luckily, luckily her mother advocates for her, every day because it was one of those classic neglect and fraud and mistreatment and Mm -hmm. taking her clothes taking her food taking her money got her signed up on this it was just it was like I was listening to a case study out of the books that we used to um you know read when we were in school it's just sad it it to be that type of person to take advantage of somebody who needs you to, mm-hmm. to protect them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a low down. Dirty shame. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't it? Um, the next one is time. And I guess we can put time and energy together because they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Okay. And so time boundaries refer to how a person uses their time and to have healthy boundaries, you must set aside time for the things that you need to do. But with that, since we're adding the energy, what are you expending during that time as well? Mm-hmm. That puts me in the mind of something my husband said about me. He was, he said, <laughs> man, you go hard. He said, I cannot talk about paint. you. Right. I go hard <laughs> in the paint. Um, he was like, you will not stop. So I can't remember what we were doing and it was something we were doing in the yard outside. And I just was, I think I worked probably five or six hours straight. And he was like, did you take a break at all? And I, and I had to stop and think about it. Like, did I, I was like, Oh no, I didn't, (laughs) you know? And it's like, okay, that was a lot of energy. So I wasn't setting a boundary with myself, Mm -hmm. you know, that's important. 
which I was getting ready to key in on that, something I've been talking about a lot with my clients is not necessarily other boundary, but self boundary. Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's an example of, I didn't set a boundary with myself that I needed to mm-hmm. take a break, rest, get something to drink, get something to eat that you can't just go, you know, boom, 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 boom. Cause my mind frame is I want to get it all done. Then relax. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think that's how I am too. Yeah. That's how I set myself. I can go back to being a kid and thinking okay i need to bust out all this homework and then i mm-hmm. get to rest and go watch you know friday night mm-hmm. tv and watch steve urkel you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. that's how i was always conditioned and it wasn't that my mom or my grandparents forced me i made these rules up and then messed around and couldn't up uh, you know maintain that once i got up into college and master's and doctorate degree it be, it becomes too much you have to have so much flexibility when you go upper level education yes yeah you really do yes you really do I mean I feel like I have spurts <laughs> and I'll go hard well the thing is it depends on what it is because mm-hmm. yeah, for definitely. me for work it feels like for work I'm always always because we have so many businesses and things that we're trying to do and making money moves and you know and things. you're passionate about and we're, yeah exactly and so when it comes to that I'm constantly going I'm constantly going but when I get home I only thing I really try to make sure I do is clean my house because y'all know I can't stand dirty I try to make <laughs> sure I clean my house <laughs> so I can relax mm-hmm. and because my significant other is on the road a lot and especially because of COVID, I definitely try to make sure I wash clothes and wash and, you know, you know, and so that can be tedious, but I do know now because I'm the oldest, I I have to sit myself down sometimes. I think we all got a slight shade toward the two of us. You know, I don't really, just because (laughs) you getting up there don't mean, (laughs) you know. I know, so I have to make sure since I'm, you know. No. She's trying to put us in our place. I'm upper. (laughs) She she doing the most is what it is. Uh, What do y'all feel is the boundary that y'all struggle with the most? I definitely think the, one of the biggest ones that I struggle with is time, the time and energy. Because I will, mm-hmm. fo- I can become hyper focused on something, yeah, and then it it will be as if everything else kind of fades to the background. Like I'm a very one at a time type person. Gotcha. You know, if I'm doing like right now while I'm doing the podcast, like that's where my mind is at. Mm-hmm. If I'm cleaning, then I'm cleaning, and that's all I want to do. I don't want to do nothing else. I don't yeah. want, and I want to finish it. If I'm watching Netflix and I don't want to do nothing else, I want to watch Netflix. Don't mm-hmm. bother me. This is where I'm at. So I think I, I could work on, uh, kind of spreading myself out a little bit more evenly mm-hmm. versus being so one track minded on certain things. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> and I think I'm very opposite <laughs> <laughs> because mine is. I think I do believe mine is the time as well, mm-hmm. but. I'm always I feel like I'm ADHD sometimes because I'm always doing multiple <laughs> things like I will start cleaning the bathroom and then I'll be like, oh, I need to vacuum and I'll go vacuum, finish mm-hmm. that and come back. But it, I mm-hmm. do go back to the yeah. task. And while I'm doing, you know, cleaning the bathroom, I'm I've started a load of clothes and I'm running the uh, dishwasher dishwater because I do not run dishes in the dishwasher. I, <laughs> I'm running <laughs> And I swear by the dishwasher. <laughs> See, and so I, I feel like for me, 
And even when I sit down and watch TV, I'm playing a game on my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm look. I'm looking at uh, trying to catch up on social medias because I don't go on it. So I'm trying to catch up on it, mm-hmm. and you know things like that. So I'm I'm a multitasker, and I have. Mo- it seems like, and maybe that's why it feels like I'm always on the go. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm always doing something. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is that both of those things are draining. Yes, both. I would say. I probably have two and it would be energy um, because I like to like move in excellence. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I'm showing up the way that I want to be seen and the way people need me. And because I have like giver and rescuer tattooed on my forehead, I have to make (laughs) sure (laughs) that I'm paying attention to that because it's easy for me to overextend and realize that I'm not getting anything in return. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think the next one would be uh, the emotional boundaries. Me being a dang empath. um, I have to really be mindful of that because I'm such a loving person. Like that's just, I love to love on people and I realize as I've gotten older that most people can't handle my level of love Mm -hmm. and that's like heartbreaking to me. Mm -hmm. So I have to like pull it back a little bit so that I'm not overextending myself to try to fill them up when I'm not getting anything. Mm. And see, I think I'm kind of the opposite on that one on the emotional end Mm -hmm. because I become so hyper-focused on one one thing Mm -hmm. it can feel like the people in my life feel like I don't care Mm, okay you know because I you know I may go two or three weeks without calling you Mm, (laughs) you know because I'm so focused on what's in my own head on what I want to accomplish and where I'm trying to go and what I need to do and you know it's not that I don't love you and it's not that I don't want to talk to you because when I do again once I am on the phone with you or I'm doing I'm all about you Mm -hmm. and then all that other stuff that I was doing fades again to the background yeah but until sometimes like I pre-program text messages in my phone oh, and I, and I pre-program them to, to send to force me to make sure that I'm still being very present in some of my mm-hmm. relationships. So the second we finish texting, yeah. I've already sent one for like two weeks from now to say, mm-hmm. Hey, how you doing? And then when you yeah. respond back, I'm like, Oh dang. But see, that's healthy. Yeah. You know, I always tell people, Know what your strengths are and understand your weaknesses because your weaknesses are not meant to be built up to your strengths. They are meant for you to learn how to cope and navigate them. Your strengths are your strengths. So if Mm -hmm. you know that you got that planning thing on lock and you do, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I have I know one friend in particular that I do this with all the time. Mm Um, because I know that if I don't, because we don't see each other every day mm-hmm. and you know, well, we, it's rare that we get a chance to see each other that, yeah. you know, it becomes an out of sight, out of mind thing. So I know I have to, you know, it's not a forced thing cause I want this relationship, Yeah. but again, I'm here immersed in my, in my current world. Surround- mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have to make sure that so that I can keep that, um, I don't know what word I want to insert there, but keep that. Uh, energy mm-hmm. level yeah. of commitment mm-hmm. bond bond yeah keep that going that I'm do setting myself up to be successful in that yeah that's, that's I good. think with oh go ahead no you go ahead I think with me with the emotional boundaries I I now this is me not having anyone to have to tell me anything different 
I think I'm balanced. I think because I spend time. Well, and you know what? I think it's because a lot of my friends, I think Dr. Wall and I are the last to not be married, but a lot of my friends are married. (laughs) So I give them their space. And when they want to hang out, I just let them call me. Like Mm -hmm. we may text and stuff like that. And I probably would. I mean, I, I guess for me, I would probably like to see my friends and hang out with my friends mm-hmm. that are married more, but I understand they have a, they have a husband. So it's not like they can just, you know, hang out like yeah, that, all the you time. know, all the time like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, something just to add to the boundary types is also what the boundaries can look like as far as healthiness, just so that the listeners have this and you have three different versions of it. You have rigid and rigid is going to be very strict, very, it has to be this way. This is the only way we're going to do it. Period. You know, the other one is going to be porous. And those are the people who like the wind can blow them and their boundary changes. <laughs> so it's just, it's all over the place. What, what, who, when, like it, it, there's no stability to it, but ultimately what you want to get to is healthy boundaries and what that looks like for each person is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something that I wanted to maybe end on was um, what expectations once you start setting your boundaries. So one thing that I talk about a lot with my uh, clients is that once you start to set boundaries, you may start to see that the people around you are going to begin responding in some ways that are either unbecoming, unlike them, Mm -hmm. um, because they are not used to you behaving in this new way. So they may unintentionally start to create issues to, in essence, force you to remain the same. Mm-hmm. You know, so they may pick an argument with you or say little snide comments on like, oh, you, you act funny lately. You, you brand new. Yeah. You, <laughs> you acting brand new. You showing out for your little friends, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, that <laughs> as you start to become more firm in who you are and how you see the world and being able to, like we've been talking about, create those, you know, visible guidelines for people that they are they may not be ready for that so as you're setting just be prepared that you know you may start to see some changes and you may lose some people Mm -hmm. yeah some tips and I'm just going to list them just because we've we've already mentioned some of them are to know your limits know your values listen to your emotions have self-respect have respect for others be assertive, and I think this is one of the most important ones. Consider the long view. Mm-hmm. Right now, it may feel uncomfortable to set the boundary, but how beneficial is it going to be in the long run? Absolutely. Remember, at some point, you have to come into your own and yeah. know what your truth is. Yeah. And as Great. we uh, go ahead, mm-hmm. I was going to say, as we close it out, I just want to leave us with a little quote. Um, Pay attention when people react with anger and hostility to your boundaries. You have found the edge where their respect for you ends. Must be fire control. So, okay, interns, process your notes. Be sure to catch us next session and find us on all major platforms at The Recycled Podcast. If you're a new intern, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are shifting and reshaping our psyche 
through healing conversations and connections, one discussion at a time.